It's your Locked On Flyers podcast for Thursday, January 26th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that, once again, cannot believe we're about to face a team we have not played yet in the Minnesota Wilds. I can believe it. It's the NHL schedule. Yeah, it is kind of a mess. All right, we're going to get to that, plus some Gary Bettman words, and uh, do a prospect profile all on today's show. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here as always with Russ Cohen, who's on Twitter at Sportsology. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. You can follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at Lockdown Flyers. That is where you'll keep up with all of our episodes and Flyers news. You can email the show at lockdownflyers at gmail. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. Uh, we are going to talk about prospect Oliver Moore later. I'm very excited to do that. Somebody I've been keeping an eye on in all of this. Locked On Flyers is free and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you are listening. So subscribe. You'll get all of our episodes here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Plus, we're over on YouTube. So subscribe there as well. Russ, like I said, we've got our first matchup of the season against the Minnesota Wild. The other game is at home in March. And uh, the Minnesota Wild are a healthy team right now, if uh, if not a consistent one, mm-hmm. I would say. Um, you know, they've had some ups and downs this season, but haven't had too many streaks either way. They, you know, right now they're on a three-game losing streak, and that's about as bad as it's gotten for them recently. But at the same time, you know, they're kind of mid-division right now in the central and are out of a playoff spot. So, uh, you know, the Minnesota mild <laughs> jokes, I think aren't really no. applicable anymore because I think there's a lot to them, but at the same time, they've just always chronically underachieved. Yeah. I mean, they, they, they have two games in hand on Edmonton and Calgary, and I believe there'll be big players at the trade deadline because they have a lot of dead cap money next year that you know they don't have as much this year so uh they have to try and take advantage of that and garen's talked about that so i think that'll be good the um you know the biggest challenge is their top line sam Steele's been just a great story here and for minnesota and you know he was a terrific player in juniors he he scored over 100 points he looked like he had great hands and everything you needed for the nhl but defense speed those were issues so he had to work on that. He's found the right line mates uh, in Zuccarello and uh, Kaprizov. It's one of the top lines in the league. The Flyers don't really have yep. a shutdown line, so you could expect this line to at least get a point or two. If they try and play the dump and chase game like they did with the Devils, I think they're going to fail at it because Kaprizov is just way too good and – he'll start hitting guys before they dump it. Like he's very feisty. So I, I think he'll blow that up if they uh, try and do that. So 
I, I don't think that will be the game plan. Uh, now, their bottom six isn't great. You still worry about guys like Erickson Eck, Matt Boldy. He's a terrific player. He, he's got size. He is good around the net. He will use physicality. Uh, the, the thing that you worry about with the Wild, again, is don't put him on the power play. And last game, the Flyers right. put the Kings on way too many power plays and mostly got away with it. I don't think you're going to get away with it with Minnesota. Yeah, you talked about uh, Kaprizov, and the, you're right about him that there's not a lot of guys that score at the rate that he does and can be as physical at the same time. And I think that that's really important because the Flyers are going to try to battle on the physicality side of things because they don't have the speed right. that he does. And, you know, several players on that team, you know, like you mentioned, Matt Zuccarello, he's having a great season, a point per game player right now. And so you have the two of them on the same line. Like that is absolutely monster yeah. for the wild. And it's going to be tough for the flyers, especially, you know, on the road to get the matchups that they want. That's true. Um, you know, Ryan Reeves will play. He's been very vocal and very physical since going there. So he's a guy that you can look to start some trouble. There's no doubt he's going to do that. So this is this is a difficult game. This is a, a road game coming off uh, not a great performance. And I'm assuming they're going to still throw Carter Hart in that just because they want him to play the most games in the league. They don't really care about anything else. Uh, I say that. Because I think it's true. I'm not saying it to be a wise guy. It's yeah. just what's happening. The only thing that gives me pause about that is that we have the bye week right. coming up. And so do they want to get Felix Sandstrom in net one more time before the bye week? And it would make more sense for him to play in Minnesota than in Winnipeg. In I opinion. agree with that. I don't think they're going to do that. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, they could flip flop it. Like, I would not put it past them. You know, maybe uh, that it'll be the right mm -hmm. choice. But I, I do think that they should do that. <laughs> and if they don't, it's a missed opportunity. I think so, too. But I just, I don't know. I just don't see it. Uh, we'll see. There's still time to, to figure this one out. But, you know, Hart's played 35 games. 37 is the most in the NHL. So, you know, I... Again, and actually, for his age, him and him and Ottinger have played the most, but everybody else is like 27, 29. Him and Ottinger are the only two 24-year-olds. So, I don't know. I don't think this is a good plan, the way they've mapped it out for Carter Hart. I'll just say it. I don't think so either. Uh, I think judging by you know, how wrong we've been about predicting who might play in right. game to game, uh, I, I mean, I'm sure there's a method to their madness, but it's certainly madness a lot of the time uh, in terms of who they're selecting. And yeah, you know, if it were up to me, I would have Sandstrom in for at least one of these last couple of games before the break. But, uh, you know, like Makes like sense. we always say, we're, we're not the one making the decisions here. No. Uh, we'll, we'll just react to them. But uh, I think that you know, with Minnesota as well, there are some spaces where I think the Flyers can take advantage of certain things. And, you know, there's been this big thing recently with the Wild taking too many penalties. And I think the power play is going to have to step up when they get those opportunities. Uh, Ryan Hartman specifically has had 
several untimely penalties and you know uh it, it felt like for him anyway the last loss was all his fault so i think that that you know there is room there they're making mistakes they're not a clean team by any stretch no. and so i think the flyers really need to step it up a little bit on the power play yeah i mean hartman will come in with a head of steam because you know he just didn't like his time here in philly i think he just felt like they didn't give him a chance, so he tends to do well against them. Uh, so with the Flyers coming in, I think he'll be fired up. But I get what you're saying. He's you know he's not having the same kind of season as he did last year. That was definitely a career yeah. year. So, but yeah, you have to hope that you can get him into some stupid penalties. But again, on the flip side, Reeves is going to try and get the Flyers into some stupid penalty situations too. Yeah, I think that's going to be huge. Is don't take the bait, right? right. I think that, you know, you have to walk that fine line where if you have to protect the goalie or that something happens, like, sure, you know, make sure it's clear that the Flyers aren't going to take it. But at the same time, if the if the Wilds start it, like, don't take the bait. Right, right. That's a key thing. Hopefully they stick to that. Yes, I would hope so as well. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow to recap that game for you. Uh, in the meantime, Gary Bettman showed up at a Montreal Canadiens game and had a, a little press conference before it. And we are going to talk about that coming up next. The NFL playoffs are in full swing. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner, for Locked On because they're the number one sports book in America, FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, it's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. New customers join today to get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just sign up at FanDuel.com slash Locked On. FanDuel has all your favorite bets from the money line to point spreads to player props. Plus, you can even combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. I mean, this weekend, you've got the uh, the Eagles against the 49ers. That's a good game right there to look at. There's a lot of talk about it. All on the app that's safe and secure and super easy to use. So football fans, don't miss out. Place your first $5 bet to get $150 in free bets, win or lose, at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. So, Russ, uh, Gary Bettman had some words to say, and I think, you know, the main topic of conversation coming out of it was his uh, declaration that nobody tanks. Nobody. And nobody tanks. And I think that, uh, you know, if you want to parse it and say, well, players and coaches don't tank, but management does. I think there's something to that. But at the same time, I I just think like when you say it like that, it just comes across as disingenuous at best. It does. I mean, look, they have tried to set up the weighted lottery system so that tanking doesn't help you as much. But if you're telling me teams aren't tanking, like, come on, Gary, like, let, let's get real. And every commissioner has just said this even when it's completely wrong so you can't put a lot of stock in it but i also get i think in his mind he feels like he could say that 
simply because they've done everything they could to try and stop it or make it a thing where it's not that advantageous to do it, not advantageous enough to dump your whole season in hopes of getting, you know, two or three, one of the top three prospects, we'll say. So, again, our team's doing it, absolutely. Just watch Chicago, and you know that they're they're doing it. Oh, yes. Wait till you see who Montreal dumps out at the deadline because they have two first-round picks, and there is a possibility that if they get just bad enough, you know, they could get the first and second pick. They could get the first and third pick. Like, watch out for that. Yeah, that is absolutely phenomenal where Montreal is <laughs> for them with those picks. And, you know, they have uh, they have Florida's pick. And Florida, like, nobody expected Florida to be this bad. No, so they didn't <laughs> and, protect I mean, it's it. not that they're horrible. They're not. Right. But Florida didn't protect the pick because why would they in this scenario? They would because behold, you should learn from Brian Burke when he didn't protect it. Well, that's true. That's why you do it. You don't make the pick without protecting it. You don't. I mean, the trade. You don't make that trade. You just don't do it. But anyway. Yeah, well, they didn't do it. So you're right about Montreal having a lot of potential to have a, a couple of top picks here. and. You know, I think that it'll be more clear who is really tanking at trade deadline, like you said, yes. like who, if people get rid of really huge assets and then who they call up to replace them right. is also a part of it. You know, do you bring up your top prospects from the AHL uh, or do you bring up prospects that you're, you know, less enthusiastic well, about in order to... I, I go back to the Sabres when they were tanking for Eichel because that's who they ended up with. And uh, they actually, um, they they traded a goalie. He, I forget who it was. He was winning too much. And they traded him. So, you know, that's what was pretty obvious at, at that time. Um, but, you know, what surprised me, I'll tell you what took me by surprise with Gary Bettman was the uh, talk about the Ottawa Senators now being in sale mode. I, I didn't think they had gotten that far. I had read that Ryan Reynolds was in getting interviewed by Bettman and Daly and but I hadn't heard that you know things were really progressing but they are so mm -hmm. I think they're going to And he's just part of a group, right? Yes. But you know, it doesn't mean his group will win. We don't know how many groups there are. We don't really know all that much about it, but but my my gut feeling tells me that it's going to happen by June. Probably just before the draft, I think that There'll be a change there, and then they'll try hard and you know hot and heavy to get that downtown stadium deal start to go going again because that died with Eugene Melnick. So that could be a big thing because they need to get that team out of Canada. It's just like in the middle of nowhere. It would be like it would be like putting the Flyers in Medford, like you know, <laughs> it would be a terrible trip into Medford. Nobody would want to be there, and it's really not in Philly, and it's really in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, well, uh, there's some New York City football teams that <laughs> might have something to say about that. Yeah. But uh, at the same time, there were some other things that were talked about. Uh, according to Bettman, the league is not in expansion mode right now because, of course, they get the inevitable Nordiques question every time that he's up there. 
And uh, I think it's a good thing. I think there are plenty of teams right now, and the league does not need to expand at all. It doesn't mean they won't. Don't get fooled into that. Correct. But I I don't think there is any need or... or or structure honestly to expand right now i think that um one of the kind of things that people don't think about when leagues expand is officiating and having enough officials to populate enough qualified officials to populate all the games that that would require and and you know i noticed that a lot in major league soccer and i was very adamant that they expo- uh, expanded way too quickly because there wasn't a good pool of officials that had worked the elite level of soccer in North America. And so I, I think that it's a could be a similar pro- problem in hockey. And we've seen problems with officials this year and, the, and last year, I would say, uh, you know, which will lead to our next topic of conversation. But I think that's a factor that's often overlooked. Yeah, I think that's a, a fair fact. And I think the other thing is, you know, they may have a possible relocation. We don't know what's going to happen with Tempe in a few months. So right now it's not on their plate. Plus, the you know, the Canadian dollar still stinks. If there's a day that the Canadian dollar turns around, all of a sudden Quebec is in the conversation and then I can see expansion happening and they get another team. I was asked on Sirius XM a week ago, where would another city be? I, I gave Portland as an example because Portland's up and coming. It would get that Northwest, another team out there. And I think you could really build it up. And I think it would build up a lot with the TV audience too. Yeah. I, I think Houston is probably the top team. For relocation. On, that's Yeah. 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 On people's radar, but Portland's not a bad thought either. I like it. So the other topic he talked about is the ever-present issue of goaltender interference and not knowing what it is. I feel like the Flyers have actually been pretty lucky this year that there hasn't been, you know, huge issues with that call um, that have had a major impact on the season. It's not really weighing on, on the Flyers per se. But there have been a lot of calls where I've watched other games and it just sort of been like, I don't know. I could not tell you if that's goaltender interference and, you know, whether or not video video review is being used appropriately. Um, You know, of course, Gary Bettman is going to defend it. But at the same time, uh, there doesn't seem to be any resolution here. No, there's no resolution. There's no clarity with it. It's going to happen in the playoffs. It's going to happen in the Stanley Cup. Like, at some point, I think what they need to do is get, like, a group of goalies together to hash this out. I think everybody else needs to stay out of it. And I think you need to have, like, a goalie panel and let them go through the video. Like, even if you have to hire them, hire three ex-goalies from the league from three different eras, maybe, and, and go through, like, a goalie panel and let them really go through it Hey, this used to be goaltender interference in my day. It's not now. I'll tell you why. And let them go through it because, you know, if you have one from like the 70s or 80s, well, from the has to be one that played in the 70s when you pretty much could do anything to a goalie. And then the 80s when things changed and then maybe like someone late 90s to the 2000s. I think that would help a lot. I think that would give some perspective because, again, it's a hard position to play. And it's I think they're the only ones that could really, you know, talk about what happens when these kinds of plays are happening and you know what's the fairest way to handle it yeah i completely agree there's just 
very little clarity on the issue at all. And I think, you know, getting some active and past goaltenders together on a panel, I think would be a really positive step forward. I, I don't know that they'll do it, but I think that it would be a really good step to help, um, you know, help because goaltenders can speak in a language to other goaltenders yes. to be like, oh, now I understand like what they're saying, you know, in yeah. terms of what kind of contact is allowed and, and what isn't and where do we need to stay in terms of you know, the crease and, and all of that. So I think it's, it's a really good idea. You, you want to have and, some, you want to listen, I'm going to give away a free idea. Uh, you want some free content out of it? Call it like the NHL goaltender summit and have it happen like July 15th. And I guarantee you, we'd all be watching. Yeah. Uh, it should be chaired by Roberto Luongo. There you in go. my opinion. I like it. <laughs> all right. Uh, we are going to switch gears and uh, do our weekly prospect profile. This is a draft eligible prospect in Oliver Moore coming up next. Russ, Oliver Moore was uh, one of the guys that stood out to me in that recent prospects game, the BioSteel game that you went to yes. recently. I thought he had a pretty good game. Uh, one of the guys on the U.S. national team development program, he's a center, and uh, he has uh, six goals, eight assists in 14 games played for that team, but most of his time has been spent on the U18 roster, uh, 21 goals, 25 assists for 46 points in 35 games played. And he's a plus 25. Yeah. That, that, those are some pretty good numbers there. Those are good numbers. Um, I've seen him play center and left wing. Uh, I think he could be a center at the NHL level, but it wouldn't shock me if he goes that route where he starts off as a winger and then ends up there. Mm -hmm. His speed through the neutral zone might be the best in the draft. That's that's his real gift. And I could just tell you, like, spoiler alert, because um, people have been asking me, <laughs> this is this is how crazy the prospect world has gotten. I've, I've made a list, and I'm going to make another list after the top prospects game tonight, the, um, the CHL one. And then I'll put out a second list. But, like, people want to know in the interim, well, what do you think about these players? And... You know, somebody had said, I want to give you credit, but I can't click. I can't, you know, link your list because you don't have this guy in that spot. I'm like, but I will. So it's OK to just say it and you don't have to click it. It's OK. It'll get enough hits anyhow. So I could you know, tell the audience that Moore is going to move up to eight on my list. He's going to move from 10 to eight. And it was after that game that 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 happened. Now we'll see what happens after the other top prospects game, if anybody else shifts. But the reason it shifted is. um Besides that speed, he really was doing all the little details in in that game. He was, you know, back checking. Yeah. He he was great on faceoffs. The um the speed of his stick on faceoffs really impressed me. Like best of the guys in the tournament. He was winning some really big faceoffs. He was not on the best team, but it didn't matter because like he really shined. You know, his passing's really good. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. His pass yeah, that was the big thing yeah. for me was the passing because yeah. I think that it just showed his hockey IQ was up there, that he really has a good head on his shoulders and knows whether he should take the puck or or pass it. Um, and the speed was incredible. And I think the Flyers have really suffered with a, a lack of speed. And for a guy to have very little issue with his skating is would be refreshing 
for the flyers and you know you mentioned you're going to move him up in the ranks to about eight yeah the current range for him is like 11 to 18 but i, I don't see him not moving up on most people he's list, moving up he's, based on his his recent play to, for him to be out of the top 10 would be a little shocking to me honestly uh the other things about him is while he is a goal scorer he he the thing, the way, one way he could score is he's got very good closing speed to the net. Like if he gets up ahead of steam and he's heading to the net, he's hard to get off the puck and, and he really knows what he wants to do. So that's where you're talking about that hockey IQ. It's a very good puck yeah. possession too. So, you know, if you want him out there and, you know, you put him with some guys that can grind it a little bit and you want to um, cycle a little bit, he could play that game. So he's really well-versed. Yeah, the Flyers definitely could use a guy like this because, again, just because you think Cutter Goche may be a center and just because you think he may be a center. And, you know, again, you, you, when you're drafting, you're basically at this point saying, we don't even know if Sean Couturier will be there when Oliver Moore is ready. So you don't even worry mm -hmm. about most of the guys on the roster. Now, Frost, if they signed him to a decent deal, you'd say, okay, he'll be there. But honestly, they're going to need another big, you know, good center. Like, and I, and it doesn't have to be big. He's he's five eleven, but he has to be super talented. That's what they need. Uh, it would give them sort of like their answer to like a Jack Hughes light. He's certainly not Jack Hughes. Nobody is. But just you know, you have to have a high octane guy like that. And then Gauthier, if he does play center, great. You know, he he's the bigger guy who also has speed, who also has a great shot. That would be a good way to to really build the team down the middle. Yeah, I think so too. And uh, of course, he's a University of Minnesota commit, so that looks good to Chuck Fletcher. Easy sell right? there. Right. So I, I think that, you know, this is a guy I'm certainly interested in based on kind of where the Flyers are in the ranks right now in terms of where they would pick. Uh, if this season would end today. And I can visualize I, I the comments, Rachel. I know what's coming. Why are they winning? They've got to stop winning. You can't really control that. You can't. No. And, well, you know, they did lose their last game. They did. So, and the game against the Jets. But I, I think that, you know, we suggested, I think, in, in the preseason that the Flyers would be, you know, somewhere where they are now when the season ended. Yeah. And so looking at guys that would be in that general vicinity in the draft is the way to go right now. And I think Oliver Moore, you know, he could end up moving up too high and out of reach, mm -hmm. but you know, at the same time he, he may drop because this draft is so deep. And I, yeah. I really firmly believe that, you know, based on how things look, they should pick a guy like this, who's a, a strong forward who can play center possibly play wing and is gonna you know bring some skills that the flyers don't have yeah if you get like one or two surprise picks in the top 10 it could always change things and that's really all it ever takes so this year i think there'll be fewer surprises for that but you never know stay tuned yes uh wrapping up with our flyers fun thing uh, i noticed on the gritty instagram stories uh gritty held up a sign at the last game suggesting or not suggesting just saying a, a fact that the eagles scored more than the giants and the cowboys combined in their last games uh which is a lot of fun uh, a lot of eagles talk going around town so like when they can 
overlap a little. Why does a gritty hold up flyers facts? Is he not allowed to? I think he does sometimes. No, but I mean, he could hold up some pretty good flyers facts, good and bad, if he wanted to. But I wonder if he's allowed to. I think that's I don't fair know. to say. Maybe the gritty guards don't like it. Maybe. <laughs> but uh, all right. Uh, we will be back again tomorrow. We're going to recap this game against the Wild. We have Flyers versus Jets, part of this second coming up this weekend. And then we're going to kind of look ahead to the bye week and all-star break and, and talk about what that means for the Flyers. Uh, once again, if you want us to answer your mailbag questions, you can send them in via Twitter at Lockdown Flyers, email us at LockdownFlyers at Gmail, or you can comment over on YouTube. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at Miriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. Have a great day, everyone.